We are your hosts, Charlie and Julie, and we will be coming to you every single week from our studio, Muscle Activation Schaumburg. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Exercise is Health podcast. We are your hosts, Charlie and Julie. And we're coming to you from our studio, Muscle Activation Schaumburg in Schaumburg, Illinois. Now, at Muscle Activation Schaumburg, we believe your health is your most valuable asset. Your health is one of the biggest influencers of the quality and quantity of time that you have. And while there are many aspects of health, our expertise is exercise. Exercise has been proven time and again to not only improve your health, but also increase your longevity and improve your quality of life. And if you are looking for a way to continue to receive exercise guidance, but doing it from the comfort of your home, then you need to check out the MAS at-home workout program. This video guided program is 75 days. I mean, really, you can do it forever, but we lay it out day one through day 75 exactly what you need to be doing every single day. And it includes over 100 workouts from resistance training to cardio to mobility workshops to keep your joints moving well and stay limber, stay feeling good, as well as recovery days to make sure you can continue to exercise consistently. And look, this 75-day program, that's 75 days in a row of working out. Like that's awesome. That's a ton. If you can get into a consistent exercise routine where you're able to exercise 75 days in a row, you are golden. So if you want to learn more about this program, head to homeworkout.matschaumburg.com to read more about it, read the testimonials, see what other people have said, get the details on it, and download your copy today. Now, today what we're talking about is this idea of HIT, high-intensity interval training, and how it compares to more traditional cardio, especially this time of year during the holidays when people are a little bit more cramped for time. The idea of doing these HIT workouts becomes a little bit more popular, and especially after the turn of the year, that's one thing that we see across the board. People are jumping into their new exercise routine, and people go like HIT crazy. And so the question that we're answering today is, can you replace the traditional steady state, longer duration, slower tempo cardio with more hit style cardio and get similar benefits? So if you're not familiar with HIT training, it's actually H high intensity interval training, which is H-I-I-T. So if you see that abbreviation, that is what we're talking about. And high intensity interval training is when you do intervals of cardio movements that are of high intensity and you kind of do them and then you break, you do it, you break, you do it, you break. And usually people do these types of workouts to condense their workouts so that it's not as much total length of time. So usually these are 20 to 30 minutes max, sometimes even shorter, like 15 minutes. So if you're unfamiliar with the HIT style training, that's what it is. So there are pros and cons of that. There are differences between that and traditional type cardio, for example, traditional type cardio, what we're talking about is, you know, going for an hour brisk walk or an hour jog, doing 45 minute class. That's just like a lower intensity cardio. So there are some exchanges that have to happen that can make the, both of these two beneficial, but both of these two very different from each other. And that's what we need to talk about today because the question was, can I exchange one for the other? And I think that when we talk about the benefits and also the risks of both, then you can you can pick and choose what would be appropriate for you relative to, I think, our perspective, but also what the science says. 
So one thing that we also need to discuss with this is why someone may choose to do one versus the other. Yeah, there, there's a time constraint and everything like that. And there's the, the difference in intensity. But we also need to talk about like the goal uh, that somebody might have from working out, whether it's more, say, like performance-based or whether it's more health-based. And, you know, obviously the nature of this podcast in particular is discussing exercise and as it relates to health. So that's kind of the lens that we are going to be viewing these two types of or forms of cardio through, you know, from a health perspective. But there are other considerations as well, such as a performance perspective, uh, where each of these has different influences. So, so we'll discuss that and talk about why you might choose one versus the other, and you know whether HIT is a replacement for traditional cardio. So we think when we're discussing this, the one easy way to think about comparing these two and contrasting these two is to think about the different components. So I want to start with, you know, what Charlie and I usually talk about, which is the movement piece. So if you're going to do, let's just compare something like an hour light jog or an hour brisk walk. Okay. So think about that movement. You're doing that movement over and over and over again for a whole hour. Maybe you have a few hills or, you know, declines or whatever, but it's pretty much the same movement for a whole hour. Compared to a HIT style exercise class or training session or workout, you're doing a, usually a whole bunch of different motions. Usually you don't do the same motion for the whole 20 minutes, but you could, right? So you could do jump squats for a minute on, a minute off for 20 minutes. But usually the way that those kind of classes or instruction are constructed is that you'll do different types of high intensity movements. Here are a few examples that I've experienced in a hit style workout. Jump squats, burpees, skater lunges, jumping jacks, tuck jumps. There might even be um, some like box jumps if that's available to you. So these are this, the types of exercises that are very common to see. It's not for sure that you're going to see those in every HIIT workout. I'm just giving you examples. So in the one scenario that we already that we already talked about, the running or the brisk walking, you're doing the same motion over and over again. And the other one, the HIIT style training, your body will move in a lot of different ways. And so if we just think about it in that regard, we could say, well that's cool. Like one is you get a whole bunch of different types of joint motion. The other, you kind of get one over and over again. And usually the fitness industry will always tell you, well, that means the hit one must be superior in this manner because, you know, we want to be moving in different motions. We want to use different muscles. We want to train your body to move different ways. And, you know, running and brisk walking would probably just be all repetitive. But what what usually has failed to be discussed is that you have to be able to tolerate those movements to be able to get the benefit from the class, right? Because we don't want you leaving your workout, whether it, it is the run or it is the hit workout, more mechanically disabled than when you arrived. So if your body can't handle jump squats or the 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 movement of the jump squat or the movement of the side shuffles or the skater hops that you're doing, then that's not great for your body. If your mechanics, your joints can't tolerate those, the actual movement piece, then that's not awesome for your body. So in one regard, it's cool that you're moving in a whole bunch of different ways. In another regard, it's we don't often do a self-check before these types of classes or we're like, hey, you know, I don't think my body's ready for that movement today. Well, usually it's, well, the class is doing it, so I'm going to do it. The nice thing with running or jogging, or I I think I brought up walking, it was walking or jogging, is that if you know your body does really great with that motion, 
then cool. You know that you're going to have an hour of movement where you're probably not going to get mechanically tweaked. Your knees aren't going to bother you. Your feet aren't going to bother you. But the same can be in reverse. Maybe you know that running and walking do flare you up. So you know that that motion isn't tolerated by your body. So the whole message that I'm trying to share with this movement piece is that we want to see that, well, we need to check in to see if your body can tolerate the movements that are going to be required of each activity. And when we're thinking about traditional cardio versus HIIT style training, the movement requirements are very, very, very different. And so there is not a right or wrong answer when it comes to the movement piece, because although there are pros in some regards, there are cons in other regards when it comes to the movement. Well, not only that, I mean, everything you said is right on, but but also to add to that, I should say, Think about like you you named kind of different exercises and say, okay, well, there's, you know, there's a compare contrast there. Say like, you know, box jumps and burpees and skater lunges and, you know, versus going for a brisk walk or a jog. But even just think about the difference in the mechanics between a brisk walk, a jog, a run and a sprint. You know, like I would consider those from a in a traditional exercise perspective, like a continuum of sorts, you know, one is really fast and one is really slow, but for most people, you would consider them to be kind of a continuum of more or less the same exercise, but the mechanics are completely different. The the range of motion that you're going to get through your arms and through your hips and really through your trunk, you know, for each of those, uh, through your ankles and knees is, is totally different, right? So that's a large consideration as well, even within the same kind of, if you want to call it the same type of exercise or, or the same exercise, uh, one's just going, you know, much faster. And, and so you see the, the outward difference as far as the speed, but from a mechanics perspective, the motions that are occurring. And then on top of that, then the, the joint forces that are occurring with each of those are completely different as well. I just wanted to add something quick, Charlie, to that because you brought up a great concept and I have an exact example of this that I've seen. And my mom, she listens to this podcast. So, you know, since she listens, I know I have permission to share this. (laughs) But so here's an example is like, so Charlie brought up that we often think that like walking, brisk walking, jogging, running, sprinting is like a continuum. Like one is like the next step and then the next step and the next step. And Charlie just made the argument that actually the mechanics of these five exercises are very different or six, whatever it was. And so it's funny and interesting about my mom's mechanics is that, and I found this out when I was pregnant because I didn't want to jog with her because when we're together, we always exercise. I was like, mom, you can't jog because I'm just giant. Like I've got this big belly, I can't jog. But what's funny is that her feet and ankles and shins, the mechanics that she has there don't tolerate fast walking very well like her body actually tolerates jogging better than walking so put that in your brain for the continuum piece because for her it's actually a more challenging mechanical exercise for her to be fast walking rather than jogging so that that's a I think is a really good example of how it's really not a continuum because just the mechanics are so different and then if you even imagine the hit classes the mechanics of all those are so different mm-hmm. yeah big time okay so we have the the mechanics piece so we touched on as far as potential differences between say doing more of a hit style workout and more of 
a you know lower intensity, longer duration, traditional cardio workout. Okay, another difference obviously is the intensity. Okay, as the name would imply, higher intensity is closer to your maximum effort. Traditional cardio is usually not done at your maximum effort intensity, uh, otherwise they're called hit. <laughs> so, just that that alone is a big difference. And and why this is a big difference is not necessarily from the caloric expenditure, like how many calories you burned during it. That's not what I'm talking about. What the why this comes into play from a health perspective? Yeah, the calories burned is kind of a health thing, but but really what we're looking at is the intensity of the muscle contraction. Okay, and the more intensely your muscles contract, the more really cool health benefits you get. Okay, so the more you can do exercise where your muscles are having to contract really hard or closer to the maximum, the more really cool health benefits they get. Now, the caveat to any advice that we give is so long as your body can tolerate it. All right. So if you are th- if you hear that, you can think, oh, so I need to do this like max effort exercise, and it just totally wrecks your body. Guess what? That was actually health degrading, not health promoting. So always, 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 it has to be first and foremost appropriate for your body, and then within the realm of what your body can tolerate, within the realm of what's appropriate for your body, the more intense you can go, the more of these really cool health benefits you can get. And there are a number of biochemical processes that happen within this cell in order just to allow muscle to contract, but then also as a result of muscle contraction. And the greater the intensity, there are different processes that happen. And I'm not talking about, you might've heard different things like, oh yeah, you know, when you are uh, working at a lower intensity, you're more aerobic. And when you're working at a higher intensity, you're more anaerobic. Actually, that's not true. That's, that's completely false, but that's a different conversation than what we're going to have today. I'm talking about something different that has to do with more, it's a molecule called AMP. And AMP is produced in much greater quantities at much higher intensity of muscle contraction. And AMP stimulates an enzyme called AMPK, which then starts this cascade of really cool health benefits. So it's kind of like, all right, the more AMP you can get produced, the more AMPK activation you can get. And as such, all these really cool health benefits you can then get. So so that's a difference there from a intensity perspective. Yeah, there's a difference in the calorie burn, but as long as the exercise is appropriate for your body, meaning like you're not feeling beat up, icky, sore after, you know, if you uh, see an MAT specialist, they're not noticing that that it's causing your muscles to not contract well after, uh, you know, as long as your body can tolerate it, you're not, your joints are doing all right, you're not losing range of motion, you're not feeling dizzy, uh, feeling ill, anything like that, then as a general rule of thumb, from a health perspective, the greater intensity and greater amount of muscle contraction you're getting, then the greater health benefit you're also getting. So when Charlie's saying this, like the greater amount of muscle contraction, it would lean to say that the HIT style training would allow, has the potential to activate more AMPK. But again, please be mindful of the caveat that we've shared that your body has to tolerate it. That is really the name of the game with exercise. Have you ever met someone, or maybe this is you, and you exercise and you notice that it slowly breaks your body down or it makes you more achy or you can go hardcore for like three months and then you have to take two months off because you've injured. 
yourself. That's because normally in the fitness industry, what we get on social media and even on, you know, Good Morning America, no one's talking about this tolerance piece, which is the hugest like umbrella that everything lives under. We think it's like the smallest little pebble that lives in the fitness world, but really it's the whole, it's the whole shebang. Because if you can't tolerate your workouts, guess what? You can't keep coming back to them. And if you can't keep coming back to them, you can't continue to get the health benefits from exercise. We'd rather see you not be able to ever get to what you feel like, quote unquote, is your max muscle contraction, but be able to return to it every day rather than I feel like I can get to my max muscle contraction, but I also have to take every three three days off because, you know, I'm just, my body just has to recover for a couple days or, you know, every three months I blow it and, you know, I have to take off six months or go see the doctor for my back because I threw it out. So we'd rather see the continuous piece rather than the one-time amazing workout that leaves you semi, in some way, disabled from your normal status. So in that regard, HIIT workouts might serve you a bit better in, in, if we're thinking about it in that, in that way. But one thing that we have to also think about is that if your body is not tolerating those HIIT workouts, then it's really not serving you anyways. So we always have to think of it in this big picture scope and not just like, HIIT is the best, let's do it. And it serves really amazing benefits, but it also can be quite damaging to your body if you're not using it appropriately. Now, in the same vein, uh, the AMPK activation that leads to all these really cool health benefits also leads to a lot of really cool performance benefits as well. So you know, whether we're talking about health or we touched on performance earlier, you know, HIIT would appear, again, as long as your body can tolerate it, to lead to greater performance benefits, such as producing more mitochondria, you know, which can lead to better energy production from cells. Before we move on, I just want to sum up that point that the cool part about HIIT training is the intensity of muscle contraction that you can get. Now, when you're working out with that intense muscle contraction, you can't do it for forever and ever because it's intense, right? That's why most HIIT workouts are like 15 to 30 minutes max, right? And 30 minutes is a long time to do a HIIT workout. Now, traditional cardio is normally done for 30 to 60 minutes, which is a bit longer than HIIT style workouts. And why? Because it's lower intensity. You're able to tolerate it. Most people can tolerate it for a lot, a bit longer. And relatively, if you're doing something high intensity versus low intensity, you could do the lower intensity longer. And most people find that as kind of a drawback. Well, it's like, well, since it's lower intensity, I have to do it for a longer period of time. But actually there are health benefits that come from this body movement that is lasting for a long time. And it's interesting because normally when we think about HIIT workouts, we think the benefit is that I only have to do it for 20 minutes. But it's also it also can be the drawback of the workout is that I could only do it for 20 minutes, so I won't be able to move for an hour straight. And actually, there are huge health benefits to being able to move and moving your body for an hour straight. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because if you're you're following what we're saying so far, you might be sitting there thinking, okay, so the answer to the question of can you replace traditional cardio with HIIT style exercise is yes, you, you definitely can replace it. And actually what we're saying is no, uh, no, <laughs> you, you can't replace it. And and it's not that HIIT is better, it's completely different. And both from, like we were saying, an intensity standpoint, a duration standpoint, and a, you know, a, a range of motion, 
design standpoint, mechanic standpoint. But the other aspect that we're talking about now is, again, a health benefit standpoint. And yes, you know, I know I just got done saying that, okay, generally speaking, the more intensely muscles contract, the more these health benefits you're going to get from your workouts. But there is another aspect to that. And that is also the longer that muscles contract for, the more health benefits you get. Okay. And that's really where the traditional cardio comes into play, the running, the biking, the swimming, we are doing it for longer periods of time. And specifically, I want to talk about the systemic anti-inflammatory response that you can get from exercise. And this is really, really, really important because a lot of times we think, okay, you know, we're going to kind of control our inflammation or knock down inflammation through nutrition. And actually, uh, exercise can do everything that nutrition can do from an anti-inflammatory standpoint, and it can also do a lot other stuff that nutrition can do. So when talking about in from an anti-inflammatory perspective, using exercise to do that is tremendously powerful. Okay. But here's the thing is you have to be exercising continuously for at least 60 minutes. All right. That's the big thing. Minimum of 60 minutes of continuous movement at a moderate intensity is what's needed to start to get this anti-inflammatory effect from exercise from a, a systemic perspective. Okay. That's where this longer duration cardio comes into play. So if you're thinking, okay, no, I don't, you know, I don't go for runs. I don't bike. I don't do any traditional cardio, you know, I just do the, you know, the sprint work and all that stuff. That's fine and well, but you are missing a huge, huge aspect of exercising for your health and well-being. And that is getting this anti-inflammatory response from exercise. And that is done predominantly through the production of IL-6, uh, which happens after about 60 minutes of continuous muscle contraction. And I say continuous because that is not intervals. Okay. Intervals is a lot of muscle contraction and then very little or none, a lot and then very little or none, but it's the continuous muscle contraction at a moderate intensity for a minimum of 60 minutes that really starts to get this IL-6 production ramped up, uh, which creates a systemic anti-inflammatory response. So with that being said, again, I want to highlight this because you know how those, you know how you like, you're told, like, you got to be told something one billion times before you remember it. This is one of those things because all we're ever told about HIT style training is that it's more efficient and it's better for your health and it's better for you because you can do it in like 20 minutes. But we're also saying that there are immense health benefits when you're able to exercise for 60 minutes or longer at a moderate intensity, which you cannot do with HIT style training. It just, they're just different, right? Mm -hmm. And so because they are different in nature of what you're doing, they they provide different benefits for you, which is really cool. So you cannot replace one for the other because one is like getting the benefits from eating broccoli and the other one is like getting benefits from having grapes. Like they're just two different like nutrients, vitamins, minerals, like you can't replace them. They're just different items. And I think sometimes we lump exercise into like, well, I did something, so it's good. Like it's like saying, well, I ate something, so that's good. Well, you know, what you eat kind of matters, right? If you eat a Big Mac versus a salad, those are kind of different, right? So HIT style training is very different than this traditional type exercise. Both good, 
both have pros, both have cons in in the different categories that we talked about. So I hope that after listening to this, you're also kind of thinking like, okay, well, how could I fit both in? And it doesn't mean, I love to say this one, it doesn't mean you have to like both, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you do have to do both to get the benefits of each. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, I would really like to start learning how I can exercise more on a consistent basis and how I can implement some of the thoughts into my regular workouts, well, then what you need to do is you need to head to homeworkout.matschomber.com because there you're going to learn about our at-home workout program, all right? This is a 75-day video-guided program where we are going to walk you through 75 consecutive days of working out. Now, again, you can do this for way more than 75 days. You can do it every other day and it'll last you 150 days, but if you want to start learning how you can exercise every single day on a consistent basis, well, every single day on a consistent basis, that's a little redundant. If you want to learn how you can exercise every single day and do so appropriately for your body, then you need to check out the MAS at-home workout program. So head to homeworkout.matschaumberg.com to learn more about it and download your copy today. And while you're online, if you wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It helps people find this podcast when they are looking for information on exercise and when they're looking for information on health. So if you found value in this conversation today, let us know by leaving us that five-star rating and review. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We always appreciate it. Have a fantastic week. We'll talk with you all next week. Next week.